Howdy, Riffers. This is David Sanchez, and this is episode 52 of the Riffs or Die podcast for Wednesday, October 20th, 2021. I hope this message finds you well. If you're listening to this on the Apple Podcasts app, I would really appreciate it if you gave me a review on there. That way it will boost the algorithms, as they say these days. And swing by the Riffs or Die YouTube channel and give me a subscribe there. There's a little clips of the show, so if you don't listen to every episode in full, you can find some interesting clips on there as well. I will continue to flesh that out when I've got some free time. It's been a very busy last couple of months here. If you want to support the podcast beyond just listening and giving me a follow on YouTube and reviewing it on Apple Podcasts, you can go to patreon.com slash riffs or die and subscribe to become a member. Members at the $10 level and higher get access to the monthly Zoom hangouts, and we will be doing the next Zoom hangout on October 30th. So if you sign up on Patreon, you'll have access to that. We can hang out in real time. You could ask me anything. And let me see your beautiful face. On the last episode of the podcast, I asked you all to write in, because this episode is going to be all Q&A. I got a lot of emails in, so I probably won't be able to get to all of them that came in, but I'm going to do my best to squeeze in as many questions as I can before we call this thing finished. So without further ado, let's get into it. You ready? Here we go. Question. What guitar players influenced your sound the most? And seeing as you've worked with Jack Gibson in the past, what is your favorite Exodus album? Well, damn. Guitar players that influenced my sound the most. Me, personally... Um, I don't do a whole lot of solos. I'm mostly a rhythm guitar player. And the guys that really influenced me in the very beginning of my guitar journey were, like millions of other people, James Hetfield, of course. Also, Gary Holt and Rick Hunolt from Exodus. Eric Peterson from Testament. Dave Mustaine from Megadeth. Chuck Schuldiner from Death. Michael Lamott from Arch Enemy. Jeff Hanneman and Kerry King from Slayer. And I think that pretty well fleshes out the list of influences, especially in my early days as a guitar player. And as far as working with Jack Gibson and my favorite Exodus album, I think honestly my favorite Exodus album is their live album, Another Lesson in Violence. It's pretty much all of Bonded by Blood with a couple of extras peppered in there. And it's got Paul Bailoff on vocals. And the energy and the recording and how funny Bailoff is in between songs. The sound, the mix of it is just crushing. Andy Sneap did an amazing job on that record. Even though that's not like a real studio album, I think that's probably my favorite Exodus record. It's either that one or Tempo of the Damned. Tempo would definitely be my favorite studio album from Exodus. The songs are great. The riffing is killer. The vocals are fucking awesome. 
and uh, the mix rules. So there you go. I hope that answered the question. This one says, request. Can you lay off the coronavirus shit for a while and talk about metal and philosophy? I certainly could. Last episode was basically a rehashed rant and had almost no substance. Also, maybe talk about the people who did get jabbed. Maybe have a guest on for that. I personally got it. Believe totally in voluntary human extinction slash depopulation. And just think you are really one-sided these past couple episodes. Well, I certainly could take a break from the COVID stuff. Honestly, a lot of the times, I'm not even talking about COVID necessarily. I'm talking about freedom. Our freedom is under attack. And uh, I like to talk about it because it's massively impacted my life. This whole reaction to this thing has completely taken away my main source of income and put a lot of musicians into uh, financial hardship and depression and all kinds of issues like that. So I will point out that often I'm not really talking about coronavirus per se. I'm, I'm largely talking about freedom or the overreaction to said virus. But I actually have had a lot of people on the show who are poked, and I'm sure I'm going to have a lot more in the future. So um, getting people on that did get jabbed, check, that's already happened. And in the future, it's definitely going to happen again. And as far as being one-sided, I will admit I am very one-sided when it comes to freedom. I kind of lean way more on the side of expanding it wherever possible and not the opposite. So if I do come off one-sided, it's because I care about this stuff and it's massively impacted my life in a negative way. So I have a few choice words about it, but hopefully we're going to talk more about metal and philosophy in this Q&A. Thanks for writing in. And by the way, people, that was not me saying anything about human extinction or depopulation. The writer of the email said that. So Don't shoot the messenger. This one is titled Anarchism, NAP, Voluntarism. I'm not sure what NAP is. But let's read on and learn together, shall we? This one says, hey, bro, just wanted to say I really appreciate you trying to get the word out about the evils of government. I got a couple of questions for regarding your opinion on some stuff. I notice in a lot of your lyrics, I'm a huge and longtime Havoc fan, and symbolism on album artwork that you seem to be a non-aggression principalist, which also leads me to believe you're also into anarchism slash volunteerism. That's a pretty good guess. I noticed the album artwork on V clearly has an A-V combo looking like anarcho-voluntarism symbol. Is this true? If so, I think it's fucking awesome, and I really dig that you are putting yourself out there to stand up for what freedom really is. If not, that's cool too. Really appreciate you taking the time to read this. Keep shredding, bro. Well, that's a really interesting question. Um, <laughs> am I into anarchism-voluntarism? 100%. I believe in smaller government. I think people can take care of themselves largely and uh, any interactions should be voluntary. No one should be forced to do anything that they don't want to do. 
as long as it's not creating a huge problem with serious consequences and serious victims. I've talked about that a lot on this show, but to answer your question about anarchism, voluntarism, yeah, I am into that stuff. But you said you noticed that the artwork on V, that uh, V hexagram that we have, you asked if it's an anarcho-voluntarism symbol. I gotta be honest, that is definitely not what it is. It's the V from the Havoc logo with another V from the Havoc logo stacked behind it. And I made them kind of three-dimensional looking. But I've never made that connection about anarcho-voluntarism. But that's really cool that it can double up as being that. That was definitely not the intention, but if people want to read that into it, I don't really have a problem with it. Really interesting, cool observation. Thanks for writing that in. I call that the Havoc Hexagram. And uh, we're going to have some new hoodies coming out soon for the V album artwork. There's going to be some of those V Havoc hexagrams that go down the sleeve. It's going to look very cool, methinks. But yeah, that was something that I drew up because I always liked the V in the Havoc logo. I drew it up to make it look three-dimensional, and then I basically flipped it upside down and put that one behind. And in my opinion, that image looks really cool, especially when there's no border on it which you will be able to see on those new hoodies. We did it a way that's a little different than the way you see it on the V album cover. I think you guys are going to like it. Next on deck we have... Whoa, what do you know? Another question. This one had no subject. It says, If you had the chance to go back in time and record Burn and Time Is Up with an actual studio versus a laptop in your basement... Would you? That is a great question. If I had the chance to go back in time and redo them, I don't know. Doing it in a real studio would have put us in a lot more financial debt, and we would have been staring at the clock trying to save money and not go over time and shit like that. So honestly, those records wouldn't have turned out the same way if we would have done them in a studio. So if you like the stuff that was recorded and committed to tape, so to speak, just know that if we redid it somewhere else, it wouldn't have turned out like that. Solos might have been different. The performances would have been different. Maybe some of the drum fills would have been different. The way I sang the songs would have been different. So would I go back in time and redo them in an actual studio? I don't think I would go back in time to do that. However... I wouldn't mind remixing those records someday or um, maybe re-recording something from one of those one of these days in a real studio. I think that would be fun. Maybe uh, do some sort of a slight rearrangement on a song and make it a little bit different, a little more spicy. Maybe something that could happen in the future. Don't quote me on that, but just an idea. Good question. Let's go again. This one says healthcare. Says David, as always, thank you for everything you do. You're welcome. From music to riffs or die to simply getting the word out and waking people up yourself. My question relates to the episode you had with Derek Green months ago. Derek Green from Sepultura, of course. And he says, as you were discussing public policies, as I remember, you and Derek disagreed on expanding public or government education, 
but seemed to agree on universal government-sponsored health care. Is that an accurate take? If so, do you still believe that government should be the sponsor of Americans' health care? We've seen the deterioration of what is called health care these days, as well as how the government is trying to force us to take experimental so-called Vaseline. They are also very adamant about withholding rights and privileges in their attempt to coerce people to take the Vaseline. What are your thoughts these days? Thanks so much, and please don't ever stop all the work you do and the beliefs you share. Well, that's a good question. You said that we seem to agree on universal government-sponsored health care and asked if that is an accurate take. I'll tell you this. I think the United States government makes enough money in tax revenue every year. You know, they steal enough money from the population. They extort enough money from the tax cattle in this country to pay for lots of things that would benefit people. Instead, a lot of it goes to corporate welfare or goes to the war machine and killing people overseas that we never met, that never did anything to harm this country. There's a lot of really fucking stupid places that our tax dollars go. However, I don't think that they would need to increase taxes to make some sort of a very basic healthcare plan available to everyone who's a citizen here. Now, what I'm talking about is not just full-blown free healthcare. What I'm talking about is the possibility that maybe you get to be able to go to a doctor three times a year and you get like one free surgery every three years and you get a little bit of free medication up to a certain dollar amount or whatever. Just a very basic healthcare plan. I think we could afford that for every American if we stop spending our money on stupid shit that doesn't benefit us at all, like killing brown people in other countries. But I think that we could come up with some sort of very, very minimal, basic healthcare system that was covered by tax dollars. And then if people want to get better coverage that covers more stuff, they could pay out of their own pocket to get better coverage. I think that would make a lot of sense. Obviously, I'm not a big fan of taxes in general, and uh, I'm not sure that we should be taxed at all, um, especially on our income. But because those are the rules that are in place for now um, and for the foreseeable future, I think that there is a way that we could have a very basic healthcare system set up for everyone. And if you want premium, like top of the line, ridiculous coverage, people can pay out of pocket extra for that. But I don't see any reason that there's not enough tax money going around for people to be able to go to the doctor a few times a year if they need to, maybe get a surgery every few years if they need to, get like, you know, $1,000 worth of medication a year or whatever, something like that. Just real basic stuff that would be like a healthcare allowance. And then if you want better coverage, pay it out of your own pocket. I don't see that as a super detrimental thing to the system. Granted, almost everything government touches, it makes shitty. So there's that too. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. Good question though. I hope that answer was somewhat satisfactory and informative. It's an idea I haven't heard a whole lot of people mention. It seems kind of like an obscure idea or proposition to remedy the situation. 
So maybe that's a fresh take on it for some of you listening. This one says new music? Question mark. Is Havoc working on new music? I would love to hear your soundtrack for the last two years. Well, that is a very funny question because the soundtrack for the last two years came out before the last two years started. (laughs) We released V and there's so many lyrics that are on that record and on Conformicide and on Unnatural Selection that are so relevant to what's happening right now. Even going all the way back to like Point of No Return and Time Is Up. There are a lot of lyrics that can be related to today's situation. So um, at this point with writing new music, I'm not even sure what I would talk about. A lot of the stuff that I think and have to say about what's happening, I already said before it even started. So my views haven't changed a whole lot from two years ago, five years ago, whatever, versus today. I still got the same brain in between my ears. It's just a little bit wiser and um, a little more full of information. But sometimes so much information goes in there that I got to like cram other stuff out the other side. So I learn new things and I forget other things. But your first question there is Havoc writing new music. At the moment, no. However, we do have a gigantic riff pile of leftovers from other records. We've got a pile of a lot of really cool riffs that we never got a chance to use on other stuff. So there's a lot of stuff in the vault, like in the bank riff pile, as we call it. But as far as fleshing out full songs at the moment, no, we have not started doing that. Everybody's so busy right now. Reese and Pete are both working full-time jobs. I'm working my ass off and there just hasn't been a whole lot of time or inspiration to work on stuff. We just released what, in our opinion, is our best record last year. It came out right in the middle of all this nonsense, so we've still not even played a single song from V live. We've never played any of that music live, and we all very much look forward to being able to do that someday. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we just put out a new record, in our opinion. It just came out a little over a year ago, back in May of 2020, so... We haven't started moving those gears to get back into writing mode yet. I'm sure that will happen sometime in the next year here, but uh, for now, we feel like we put out a great record and we weren't super inspired to just start grinding again on writing a new one, especially with so much stuff in the air and not knowing if we were going to be having to put out a sixth record where it comes out and everything's still locked down and closed up and you can't really tour like you used to and all that. So time will reveal more detail about what's going to happen. So as of now, we're just um, chilling, at least Havoc-wise. Everyone's busy working. But I'm sure we'll start getting those gears turning again and knock the cobwebs off, so to speak, in the next year so. Expect to hear something again from us in the recorded format soon-ish. Don't hold your breath, though. You might die. This email is titled Q&A Submission. It says, Hey, David, I DM'd you on Instagram recently about selling my tickets to a concert that was requiring negative tests or a vax card for admission. And on top of that, anyone indoors had to mask up. 
I paid over $700 for my passes and didn't even make one third of that back. Damn. Sorry to hear that. The email continues. The bright side is, it meant plenty of other people said fuck this shit to all these rules. I had to miss out on Metallica, Gojira, and some other kick-ass bands, but you and some other freethinkers made me question how much my morals meant to me and if I could dig my heels in and say no to all this Rona bullshit. The main reason I'm emailing you is to thank you for helping me open my eyes to things like that and to ask if you'd ever consider going on Tim Pool's show. I threw your name in the hat for potential future guests, but didn't even think to ask you first. I think you'd be a kick-ass guest, and it would be nice to finally hear you speak on a bigger platform with other liberty-minded people. Hope you're doing well, and out of curiosity, which dystopian society do you think we're closest to? 1984, Brave New World, V for Vendetta, maybe Hunger Games? Keep on kicking ass on the podcast, and I promise to try to make it to a Havoc show. Damn, dude. Um, Sorry to hear that you couldn't get all your money back. That really sucks, but uh, good for you for having a pair. Good for you for having a spine. You and uh, all these other people that sold their tickets, I think that's pretty awesome. Standing up for something. What's the old phrase? If you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. That kind of sums it up real succinctly, but um, man, good for you. Huge props to you for doing that. A lot of people don't have the fortitude to stand up against stuff. They'll just bend over and uh, do whatever other people tell them to do, even when they know that it's wrong. So I applaud you. Great job. And you also asked if I would ever consider going on Tim Pool's show. Well, of course. Tim Pool is awesome. I love how liberty and freedom-minded he is. He seems to have great guests on there, and I would love to be a part of his show if that opportunity ever came my way. So, Tim Pool, let's talk. Let's talk about freedom and heavy metal. Thanks for throwing my name in the hat for the potential future guests. That's really cool of you. And any of you guys that want to hear me on somebody else's podcast, consider writing to them. I know that some people have written to Jamie Josta, now Tim Poole, other people have hit up Alex Jones. If you guys want to hear me on some of these other podcasts, feel free to write them an email. Tell them to check me out and have me on. I would love to talk with other people or even debate with other people if they (laughs) want to disagree about stuff. The good thing about freedom and liberty is they never really go out of style, even when they're unpopular in certain places or times. If you're liberty-minded and have the truth on your side, there's not a lot that people can do to derail you or the mission that you're on. Now, there was one last question in this email here where you asked, which dystopian society are we closest to? 1984, Brave New World, V for Vendetta, Hunger Games. Out of those ones, I got to be honest, I've never seen Hunger Games, never read any of those books. And then Brave New World, I started that book, I got like a third of the way through it, and then, I don't know, life happened and I never finished it. So I need to finish Brave New World for sure. In Hunger Games, I would rather watch a movie than read some of those books that are bigger than the Bible. Which one are we closest to? 
out of the four that you listed, the only two that I have like a serious reference for are V for Vendetta and 1984. And we are definitely in a great combination of the two, aren't we? <laughs> in V for Vendetta, there's some new virus that makes people have to stay in their home and uh, quarantine and they're not allowed to be out past curfew. Sounds a lot like Australia and America last year in 2020. And 1984 is kind of always relevant. You have a totalitarian government that spies on everything you do, that lies to you, that uh, misinforms you. You're constantly at war. Yeah, there's a lot of similarities to dig into in 1984 when comparing with today's world. And uh, somebody sent me a meme the other day. And it's perfect. And I've made this comparison in my head, but I've never seen it displayed on a meme. It was a perfect meme. And it said, Orwell called them thought police. Big tech calls them fact checkers. (laughs) Ain't that the truth? Orwell didn't just call them the thought police, but also I guess the fact checkers of today would be more akin to the people that work in the Ministry of Truth in 1984. The Ministry of Truth takes news stories and news articles and books and magazines and they alter them. They edit what they say so that people never know real history and people never know the facts of what happened. You have the Ministry of Truth who kind of has a monopoly on what is called truth. Sounds a lot like these fact checkers of today, doesn't it? They lie, they manipulate your mind. And there's that great quote from 1984 that a lot of people know as a Rage Against the Machine lyric, but the quote in 1984 is, who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. That's what these fact checkers today are doing. And that's what the Ministry of Truth was doing in 1984. Who controls the past controls the future. If you can rewrite history and make people oblivious to what has already happened and make it so they can't learn from history, you control the future. And who controls the present controls the past. Just like the party in 1984. The party controls the present, and therefore they get to control the past. They get to rewrite history and change the facts. That is what is happening with these fact checkers today. So the similarities between today and 1984 are striking and real. But from what I understand about Brave New World and Hunger Games, there's a lot of similarities between those as well. So, unfortunately, I'm too ignorant to know fully the differences between all four, but um, a lot of dystopian stuff is based on human nature and where we're at, and then um, drawn out to its logical conclusion further down the road. Dystopian stuff is becoming more and more like real life, or vice versa. Real life is becoming more and more dystopian. Ain't that a B? Thanks for writing in. That was a good question. And bravo to you for uh, 
having the testicular fortitude to stand up to that shit and not bow down, not cave. Having some principle. I think that's amazing. And I want to see more people doing that. Obviously, we've seen a lot of people doing that in the airline industry recently. And um, personally, I love it. Stick it to the man. All of these would-be oppressors, they push on people real hard. And they push and they push and they push. And a lot of people just cave and bend to their will. But when people come together and they say, nah, fuck you, we're not going to do that. These would-be oppressors back off pretty quickly. They push and push and push. And when people have had enough and they say, no, fuck you. Leave us alone. Magically, these uh, would-be oppressors do leave you alone. It's kind of how it works. They're scared of the people. When the people are unified and working together and in large numbers, the people have the power. It's when the people are divided that they're so easy to conquer. You're not going to conquer people so easily when they're all on the same page and defying what you're trying to do to them. Great lesson to be learned in there. And I hope more people start fighting back and resisting. Resist tyranny. Nobody else is going to do it for you. This one says guest idea. Says, hey, David, I was wondering if you'd be open to getting Joel Grind on the show. I'd love to see you two talk about all things metal, including recording and politics. Looking forward to seeing Havoc live and tearing down the venue. (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) Well, don't tear the place down, but you can come and have a good time. We'll see what's going to happen with touring. I would love to be out there and be seen. But regarding your main question here... If I would be open to getting Joel Grind on the show, absolutely, I would love to do that. I've spoken with Joel about it um, many months ago. He seemed like he was down for it, so it's uh, just a matter of figuring out a time that's going to work for both of us. But no doubt, I will do my damnedest to get Joel Grind on here one of these days. I'm sure we would have a lot to talk about. And I hope that we can tour with Toxic Holocaust again soon. I love touring with those guys. The Toxic Holocaust slash Havoc crowd is a very mosh-ready crowd. Very circle pit friendly. (laughs) Here's one that says phone calls. Have you ever considered taking live phone calls on the show? I realize there's likely a bunch of hoops to jump through and technology investments you'd have to input to make this happen but I think it would add a really cool and engaging level to the show and potentially really up your views. Just a thought. Peace. That is a very interesting idea. I have thought about it. I don't know if it would be the easiest thing to pull off doing live phone calls, but there is an alternative there. And instead of having live phone calls, what I could do and have thought about is maybe every once in a while I will go live on YouTube and people can write in and I can respond to things that way. Or the other option that I've considered for doing something more interactive with people in real time would be to get on Twitch. So maybe in the future, I will do some stuff on YouTube or Twitch. Obviously, YouTube is a little easier. You guys write in or leave comments on my page and uh, let me know what would you rather see me on? Would you rather see me do stuff live on Twitch or should I go live on YouTube? I'm definitely not opposed to doing either one of those things, but 
yeah, doing stuff live and interacting with people in real time, I think would be really fun and it would be a cool little experiment to run. So maybe that's something we can try out later this year or early next year. I've been on the fence about doing Twitch for a long time. Maybe that would be a good way to do it. I basically do like a live podcast hangout and you guys can talk shit to me in real time or ask questions or leave comments or whatever. It would be a lot like going on Instagram live, only you'd be able to rewatch it later if it's on YouTube or I guess on Twitch, I could interact with other musicians that may be on there live at the time. I think people can do what they call rating someone else's Twitch channel. So maybe my channel there could get rated by Pete Weber or Reese Scruggs, someone else who's on Twitch. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not on Twitch that often, but, uh, yeah, interesting concept. Phone calls, I don't know about that, but Twitch or YouTube, you guys tell me which one of those you would prefer because it is something that's crossed my mind before, but I haven't had the real inspirato to go and follow through with it. If that's something you guys would like to see, definitely tell me. Like I said, just tell me which one you would prefer, which platform is better for you, which one do you enjoy more, Twitch or YouTube? Thanks for writing in that question. Good question. All right. I'll tell you what, guys. I am starting to get extremely hungry, so I'm going to wrap this thing up after one more question. And what I'm going to do is answer some more of these questions on the next episode, and I'm going to get that one wrapped up and out ASAP. So tune in for sure. If you did not hear your question answered on this one, Listen to the next episode and you may have the answer that you've been searching for. So here we go. One last question and then I'm going to go stuff my face with something. Hopefully food. This one is entitled number 47. Freddy Christian. Yes, Freddy from Madball. Great episode. That was one of my favorites. This question reads... Hello, Dave. I'm really glad there are people who are standing up for their principles. It's something that's always been rare. I'm also glad it's the front man of one of my favorite bands as well. Well, thanks. It's tough to hear when your favorite entertainers don't see past temporary or short-term quote-unquote safety, especially when their career has been based on their rebellious nature. Amen. It's weird seeing people suddenly worshiping the system they've been raging against their whole lives. Ain't that the truth? The email continues. I've seen with my own eyes the Atlanta punk scene is full of people who accept the obvious lies and deceit. It's getting tiresome, but I've not had issues here being unvaccinated yet. Well, that's good. Freddie was awesome, so thanks for choosing him for the podcast. I would have never found Madball without following you. I like what I've heard so far and would absolutely love to see a Havoc and Madball show. Nick is awesome. Doc Coyle was kind of condescending. (laughs) Thanks for speaking out and speaking your mind. V was a scorcher and will be a classic. I will always buy the Havoc albums. Well, thanks a lot for writing in. That is very cool. And honestly, the episode with Freddie is one of my favorites that I've ever done. I love his perspective and uh, it's just an all-around cool dude that takes no shit and says what he means and means what he says. A lot of Madball lyrics are very similar to Havoc lyrics. 
A lot of uh, free thought happening on the vocal mic in those recordings. And I'm glad that you found Madball. You said that you never would have found Madball without following me, so that's great. Killer band, killer message. Freddie's a great dude, and I would love to have him on again here sometime. And a Havoc Madball show. Dude, I don't want to do a Havoc Madball show. I want to do a Havoc Madball tour. You know, kind of like Bob Barker and Happy Gilmore. You want a piece of me, old man? No, I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. That's me with a Havoc Madball tour. I don't want a piece of it. I want the whole thing. So, yeah, just one show is not going to be good enough for me. I want to do a whole run with those guys. I think the crowds would be insane. I think there would be a lot of energy in the room and uh, a lot of positivity, a whole lot of positivity. And for those of you that didn't listen to it or don't know, Madball made a public announcement that they will not play any shows that are medically segregated. So they're not down with the segregation. That's their terms. That's the only way they're going to play concerts. So that lets you know right there, if we're going to do a Havoc Madball tour, that as crazy as it sounds, everyone would be welcome. Everyone would be welcome. Come one, come all. Yeah, Nick is awesome. Nick Shingelis. Great dude. I got to have him on the podcast again soon. Doc Coyle was kind of condescending. <laughs> I don't know Doc that well. That was the first time I'd ever really spoken with him at length. And, uh, I heard later um, on his podcast, the intro that he gave me on his X-Man podcast for that interview, he said that he was hoping that I would, uh, you know, jump in the ring a little bit more and like debate him a little bit. And I hit him up later and told him like, dude, if you wanted to like take the gloves off and actually have a real debate, I would have absolutely done that. But I was trying to like keep it cool and and be cordial. So I, I did my job, I guess there, but um, in the future, Doc, if you ever want to do like a debate and talk about free speech, debate free speech or anything like that, I'm game. I I already told him I would love to do that anytime. He could name the time and place. I would love to have a uh, friendly, healthy debate. Just a, a war of ideas. Nothing else. I have nothing against the dude whatsoever. I actually enjoyed speaking with him a lot, but, um, We definitely don't see eye to eye on some perspectives of the world, I guess you could say. But uh, yeah, I would love to converse with them again and with it known up front like that it's uh, a war of ideas and let the best ideas win. Definitely no animosity or anything like that. Just um, talking about ideas, talking about things that are bigger than us. And going back to something that you said in this email here. You said that people standing up for their principles has always been rare. It seems to be even more rare today. I can't disagree with you. And you said it's tough when your favorite entertainers don't see past temporary and short-term safety, especially when their career has been based on their rebellious nature. Case in point, Rage Against the Machine. What the fuck? You got a bunch of people lining up to get into a show, showing their papers to people, making sure they got the uh, injection to get in, in past the doors, and then walking in and singing along with the song. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. 
Meanwhile, the show is segregated and they're turning people away because, you know, they're subhuman scum that didn't get this medical injection. It's a mad world. I I don't know uh, what else to say. Up is down, black is white, left is right. It's it's all fucked up and crazy. (laughs) So hopefully um, you guys are staying sane out there. I'm doing my best to do that as well. And I'll tell you what. We are going to get into some more of these questions on the next episode because I really enjoyed doing this, answering some of these questions. This is fun. Keep writing them in. If you want the chance to have your questions answered, send them over to me at podcast at com, and maybe I can get to them on the next show. I've got a bunch more questions here that I did not get to on this one, but I've got to get out of here and get some food in my pie hole. I love that part in Airheads where the black dude's like, pie hole. What is that? Some sort of cracker slang? (laughs) I got to go put some food down my cracker slang pie hole. I don't think I'm going to eat any pie, though. It'll probably be some other sort of food hole. So I'm going to go get that done and return to your questions on the next episode. Write in your questions to me at podcast at riftsordie.com. And then after you do that, go to riftsordie.com and pick up some merch or go to Patreon and sign up, patreon.com slash riftsordie. We can do a live, real-time Zoom hangout here in about a week and a half on October 30th. If you want access to that, you got to go to Patreon, sign up at the $10 level or higher. And that's it for now. I hope you all take great care of yourselves, and I will leave you with this quote. Again, from Orwell, this is such a great line. Don't forget it. Who controls the past controls the future. Who controls the present controls the past. I'll leave you with that and talk to you soon. Ah, yes, I almost forgot. One musical suggestion for you guys before I get out of here. This is a band that I just discovered or maybe rediscovered. I think my brother may have shown them to me a long time ago, but um, they slipped under my radar, but I just found them. They're kind of like the Budos band, but a little less evil sounding. The band is called the Olympians. They only have one record out, and I think it came out in 2018. You have to go listen to this record. If you like funk, or you just need some instrumental music to do some studying, or just want to relax or maybe throw it on while you're driving or something, this record is killer. It's by a band called The Olympians. Look it up. I'll have the link for it in the description for this episode. But uh, that is my musical suggestion for the week. The Olympians. Funky, beautiful, dense, harmonious music. Funk is a huge inspiration for Havoc. Funk is really heavy. But it's just not minor. It's not uh, evil. Funk is happy heavy. But it's a big influence on my writing style. And it's a big influence on my music taste. And the kinds of ideas that start kicking around in my head when I listen to funk make their way into Havoc music in many, many ways. So check it out. The Olympians. That's it. I'll talk to you guys very soon. Shoot me an email. Peace. Peace.